Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's everyone's favorite day again. I think I say that every week, probably because it is everyone's favorite day. It's Tuesdays. Stu, how you doing? Great, Dave. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm always good when I'm hanging out with Stu Kedwell, the co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management. Uh, looking, looking quite summery today, uh, Stu. Uh, yeah, notwithstanding a, a rainy day, uh, you know, trying to be optimistic on uh, on the summer wardrobe. How, how are the uh, how are the weeds in the yard these days? I know that's a big focus of yours. I do. I do not like dandelions. That's true. Uh, I've been over. I've been there's been an onset of clover in my garden, which is uh, which is not something that I welcome. That's uh, that's tough. But the good news is. Uh, the price of everything's coming down, and that's kind of what uh, what, what we were going to start with today. So we had a, a lovely Canada Day weekend here in Toronto, where we uh, where we both live. So happy Canada Day to everyone, uh, to all our listeners. Great to live in the uh, the greatest country in the world, in in my opinion. And it's it's our podcast, so we can express those opinions. Uh, and, and I bet most people listening uh, uh, agree with that. Uh, but for Canadian markets that had really, you know, rode out this correction that we've seen in stock markets around the world a little bit better, certainly than than the U.S. because of that strength in commodity prices, we've seen a significant pullback in commodity prices since the the day that the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 75 basis points, the Fed funds rate. Uh, which is again is just a little over two weeks ago. Uh, you know, copper's down thirty percent. Uh, natural gas is down, I think, close to forty percent, or maybe even a little bit over forty percent. Seen the price of oil come off twenty percent. So, so Stu, what is that? What does that say for the for Canadian markets? As as you look at Canadian markets, we're, we're seeing them come off now. It looks a little bit more like the the, the broader markets. Are you going to expect this commodity price correction to continue or, and, and how does that affect stocks or are stocks already showing that the, the, were, were, were the prices, I think maybe the best way of saying it, were the prices never reflective of the overinflated price of oil and now are they reflecting too much of a potential drop in the price of oil for where we're at? Well, it's a, it's a good question. It's a, it, it, like everything is always a little bit, you know, combination of art and science. Um, you know, there's supply and demand uh, that plays, you know, the most fundamental role. But then there's also, uh, you know, through the futures market, a lot of financial money that that enters and exits, uh, you know, different commodities. So, uh, you know, no question in the last, you know, six to nine months, uh, a fair amount of financial money had maybe exacerbated, you know, some pricing. But uh, supply in many of these uh, commodities is quite tight. Um, has been tight, will likely be tight. But when uh, some concerns around an economic slowdown present themselves, a very small change in demand can lead to uh, an unwind of some of the financial money in the market, coupled yeah. with slightly less demand, and you get you know much bigger changes in uh, the underlying commodity. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, commodity markets are you know that's that's one of their functions. It's kind of like uh, you know, in the, in the three bears, it's like, there's just the two bears. There's uh, my porch is too hot. My porch is too cold. Uh, so you get, you get, yeah. uh, you know, big movements from one side or the other. There's not as often the, the Goldilocks porch. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what we're going through right now from a, you know, from a, a stock market standpoint, 
Um, you know, like when we think about something like the price of crude, we tend to think about uh, the marginal cost to incent a new production. And, you know, we've, you know, I thought that was around kind of $80, maybe 75 to $80. And the companies make quite good money at that pricing. Um, yep. You know, valuations were, were never reflecting $115 oil and, and you know, still are you know, in all likelihood not really reflecting even even the marginal cost of oil. But there is that um, that financial uh, market uh, notion, the way the role that momentum plays um, where you see you see some of the the you know the faster oriented money you know kind of vault into something and vault out of it. We've seen it in uh, copper and oil, as you mentioned. We've seen it in some of the grain and fertilizer markets. Um, you know, there's there's like anything, there's there's two ways to go about investment in these uh, in these stocks. The first is to say, uh, you know, what do I think is happening to the commodity today, and let that dictate my behavior. The second is to say, you know, how much cash is going to come from these businesses over long periods of time. And during those long periods of times, you're going to have great periods and you're going to have softer periods. And, um, and uh, you know, when we look at it today, uh, you're still getting rewarded for, for that intermediate term view uh, in, the, in the commodity stocks, particularly at levels we're seeing uh, right now. Um, so those are those are the two approaches. They've always been the two approaches. And, um, you know, you have to kind of decide uh, uh, if you're going to be one or the other. Um, when things do get too extreme, we try and avoid committing new capital or, or take some profits, which uh, which were done. And then when you see the reaction, often you wish it was more. But, um, uh, you know, that's uh, that's that's just part of uh, being an investor. So 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 given this rapid pullback in the underlying commodity prices are are have these stocks in your view overreacted or reacted about what you would have expected for 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 that kind of a move given the incredible move that they had before uh, for the for the intermediate term uh, you know kind of fundamental view I think it's it's on the border of being an overreaction um you know, I was just looking at uh, a fertilizer producer right before we got on the call, and and um, you know, so if I if I take twenty twenty one cash flow, uh, which um, you know didn't really reflect you know some of the uh, benefits that uh, might occur in the coming years, uh, we're trading around say seven and a half times that cash flow, which yeah. uh, would be a very normal type multiple. On a business like that, even that even that multiple might be a little bit lower than history, and it doesn't really give the business any credit for you know some of the excess cash flow that will come its way in the interim or the potential for excess cash flow down the road. Um, these you know the you know, the other thing too that that takes place is um, and you don't want to be you don't know you don't want to not pay attention to the changes in commodity prices, but you know we also can't ignore that. The balance sheets of these companies have improved dramatically uh, from all the cash that they've generated. So, uh, you know, we look at um, you know we look at them through the cycle. We look at the technicals. A lot of them are coming back towards you know prices that they kind of broke out of last year. Uh, so there's you know support technically, and and um, many of them have reasonable dividends, and uh, and there's good overall cash that's likely to come from these businesses. So, uh, you know, we are definitely uh, you know, got the calculator out in this environment and, um, and, and figuring out, uh, uh, you know, where some value is. 
Yeah, everyone's uh, favorite payment to receive on on a Tuesday afternoon in the summer is a dividend payment. Hundred <laughs> percent. We, uh, we know you love your dividends as much as you hate the weeds in your yard or the clover that you you, you got to take care of. So 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 student. Where does this shift us in terms of the inflation discussion? So, you know, if we go back to the last CPI in the U.S. and Canada and Europe that were at 40 year highs. But but, you know, I, I think you were starting to think that perhaps we were we were peaking in inflation. Inflation was rolling over. Is, is anything that's happened since the Fed raised rates three quarters of a percent a couple of weeks ago? Are you seeing some movement which suggests that maybe we've seen the worst of inflation and and killed the potential of dramatically higher interest rates to have to address that inflation? Uh, well, yeah, there's there's been plenty of evidence on that front for sure. Like even when we had uh, the very high, you know, kind of headline inflation print um, in the last month, the underlying that the core inflation was actually a little bit lower, and um, you know, so some of that. Uh, behavior is going to continue. Uh, the central banks had tightened financial conditions and they were looking for a break on inflation in order to eventually ease those financial conditions. One of the last remaining areas of concern was commodity prices. And um, you know, even the move in crude oil that we're seeing today, uh, you know, we would, you know, that is going to be helpful uh, to the inflation picture, uh, to the headline inflation picture. So the two the two things that were uh, really holding up headline inflation were uh, food and oil. The price of corn might, might have been like seven eight bucks uh, a month ago. It's now down to the mid fives. Same for the price of oil, natural gas. You mentioned so that was all very uh, significant in terms of assisting headline inflation as we move forward. And um, you know the bond market I think probably peaked out uh, you know four or six weeks ago uh, on the interest rate front. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's the, you know, we've seen some slowness in uh, some of the economic indicators. You know, what we're seeing in markets is like, it goes back to that kind of like those two bolts of porridge, right? Like there's yeah. too hot, too cold. Um, so, you know, markets went, you know, very quickly from inflation to, oh, is the slowdown going to be too significant? And, um, you know, companies will start reporting in all likelihood, you know, their view of the future will be more sanguine than it's been in the past. Um, earnings expectations in print are still quite high. Uh, I think investors are braced for uh, those to come down. Um, as they come down, uh, you know, the thing that we'll be looking for from a sentiment standpoint is, you know, stocks that are stable to rally on bad news. Yeah. That's when, you know, you begin to say, well, the worst is in, um, and uh, and you know we've talked we've talked in the past about you know some of those those types of measures, um, and and no question even when you look into the into the yield curve, uh, the decline in commodity prices, some of the softening in economic indicators is doing some heavy lifting for central banks uh, because uh, whether or not rates need to go as high as they previously thought or how long they need to stay high you know, some of those expectations are certainly softening. Yeah. And, and uh, in, in addition to those lower commodity prices, you talk about the bond market, uh, the 10 year U.S. Treasury uh, peaked in around 3.6 percent uh, is now sitting today closer to 2.8 percent. That's uh, again, we, we've just been seeing these massive moves as as you go, as you say, from, you know, the porridge is too hot 
to the porridge is too cold. It just bounces back and forth. There, there, there's no in between. It's really been incredible to watch the moves. Something else we were talking about, though, uh, and I've actually been talking uh, a lot about because my, my daughter's about to hop on a plane and spend a month in Europe. And uh, I got to go and buy some euros today uh, is this, the, the incredible moves that are happening in currency markets and the way the global economy is going to have to adjust to that. So uh, the U.S. dollar, as interest rates in the U.S. have, have, have spiked up, has been remarkably strong uh, and, and perhaps shed, shed some light on that and what that means in, in Europe and Japan and some other areas versus the U.S. dollar. You know, well, it's it's a great point on many fronts. Uh, you know, currency shifts are, they're big, like, tectonic shifts. So we have to take note of them. Uh, you know, I think in both cases, there's a structural plus a cyclical component. Um, you know, when it comes to natural resources, uh, the North American economies uh, definitely have the upper hand in terms of, you know, those structural uh, focuses. So that had already led to some strength in their currencies. and then And then cyclically as well, they do look a little bit better positioned as well. Um, so you've had a lot of weakness in the yen. You've had a lot of weakness in the euro, the pound. Um, this will flow back a little bit into corporate profits, but it is a, it is the way it's the, it's the mechanism that the world kind of reorients it's, it's itself. So we have to take note of it. Um, uh, no question. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think for us, it's, it's definitely trying to figure out, uh, you know, some of the earnings impacts uh, around it. Those are, you know, those are the important things. On the on the day, I also think too, you know, markets in general, like we've talked, you know, how liquidity has gone from abundant and predictable uh, to neither. Um, that means that uh, you know some of the moves we're seeing, uh, unfortunately, are probably a little bit more par for the course, in both directions. Um, uh, volatility is is uncomfortable, uh, but um, uh, it's just a function of of the the process that we're in right now. And you can have like volatility doesn't necessarily mean uh, down. It, it just means bigger moves in both directions. Um, yeah. And and that will likely persist until until markets are, are, are confident that that central banks have done enough. Um, the bond market starting to maybe indicate that, uh, you know, we'll just have to monitor that as, as things progress. Well, a, a, a great summary. And, and, and Stu, you know, what's uh, you know, what's a lot scarier than having weeds in your in your backyard on your lawn? What's that? A teenage daughter going to Europe with a, a weak <laughs> Canadian dollar relative to the euro. So it's a little bit less scary because my daughter's going to Europe. She's still she'll still be in Europe on her own, but at least I, we've we've got a strong Canadian dollar relative to the euro uh, to support her spending. So I'm I'm a little little calmer about that, and I'm I'm sure you'll get your uh, your uh, clover issue uh, under control. Hundred percent. Well, a couple of rabbits in my backyard will take care of the clover. But as for your worry, I'm not sure. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to see any rabbits, actually. Quite That's frankly. Right. <laughs> so, Stu, thanks as always. Another uh, another great Stu's days, and we'll talk to you next week. Great. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management Inc. for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.